Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How nice to have to interrupt people in conversation in the church building this morning. And if you're at home, well, I want to interrupt you as well and uh, welcome all of you wherever you are with us today, whether you're here, whether you're in another part of the country or whether you're in another part of the world. We're together this morning to worship our Lord and our Saviour. And as we do so, I invite all of you to join in with worshipping him through the first song. Let's stand if you're in the building. Keep your mouth silent, but make your heart sing. Let's stand together. Sometime soon, hopefully every tongue again will be able to sing God's praise in this building and every nation come together and how lovely it is to come together again, isn't it? People from so many different nations within this church alone. But one day, one day it would be all of us, the whole world. So let's praise our God. Father God, we thank you so much that you are God of all. You are over all, you are in all, you are through all, you're the creator You are our God and Father. Lord, one day, everyone will kneel before you in worship and in praise. And we look forward to that day. And God, we say, come, Lord Jesus, come soon. Father, free this world from the pain and the agonies that it's in. And may we be released to worship you in spirit and in truth, without any more tears, with no more illness, with no more pain. God, we look forward to that day and we pray that as we worship you here this morning, that you would absolutely inhabit our praises. May you be lifted high. May our eyes, our hearts, our lives be lifted away from our circumstances and lifted and looked up to you so that, God, we know you are fresh this morning as our Lord and as our Savior. Thank you. Thank you that we can come together in worship. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Father's love for us. This morning, our first reading comes from Acts chapter 1, because today is Ascension Sunday. So let's read what happened. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. One occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for, for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, baptized with water. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. You will receive... Good time for the power to go, isn't it? That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very and a cloud from sight. Do you want me to use the handheld? You okay? They were looking intently up in
I know it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Come. Gone. Thank you. Let me start from verse 10 again. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him go into heaven. We're going to stand and worship for another song. Let's stand. Please take your seats. You're right. Oh, ouch. Careful. You know something? I don't know much. Keep it simple. Well, I'm not on camera yet, but, oh. <laughs> but do you know something? This could be the last time we meet. Why? You tell me you're not leaving. You're not allowed to leave. Well, no, it's not that exciting. Well, it is exciting. You see, you just read from Acts chapter 1, didn't you? Yeah. And in that passage, it said he will come in the same way he, we saw him go. Jesus could come back before we meet again. Yes, he could. And if he comes back, this could be the last time we meet. This could be the last time we gather. And do you know what's concerning me? What? Have we given him our best? If this is the last offering we bring in worship, is it our best? That's quite a hard one, isn't it? You see, the disciples who watched him go were told he's going to come back. But to go to Jerusalem, to wait for the gift, but then they had also been told by Jesus his last words that we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Havering, Romford, the ends of the earth. And are we happy with what we've done? The ends of the earth haven't been reached in that sense yet, have they? And there's other areas that even in Havering we're barely touching. It's lovely to see our church filling up again, but actually even when you consider the number that come to our fellowship normally on a Sunday, it's a drop in the ocean, isn't it? Even in Havering. But he's going to come again. If this is the last, is it good enough? I don't know. As we think about that question, let's come back to worship as we stand and join together in our next song. Seats, let's pray. Consuming fire, fall in this place, we pray. Come have your way with us. Father God, if this were to be, if this is the last time we ever meet together, Father, we want our worship to be true. We want you to consume us. We want, us, we want you to fill us with your spirit. We want to know you. We want to meet with you afresh. And Father God, we thank you that you enable that. You make that happen. And God, today, as we're together, Come, come and meet with your people, we pray. Father, we're so aware of our own failings.
and our own needs. And as we look around the world, it's so clear the need of the world. And Father, this morning we pray for peace in your world. We pray for peace in Israel and Gaza. Father God, we pray for peace in Myanmar. We pray for peace in those areas across the world that are fighting each other, where there's hatred and anger. And Father, we pray for peace across our own countries and land where people hate each other because of the color of their skin or because of the way they live or the way they act. God, we pray that you would change this world and instead make us a people who love and respect and work together. Father, we pray too today for the state of the world in terms of health. And Father, the inequalities that are across the world have been seen so extremely recently in India with people suffering terribly for lack of simple oxygen and drugs. Father, we pray for our world. We pray that we would share resources. And we pray that, Father God, for our scientists who have done such an amazing job with the vaccines, but Lord, we pray that that work would continue and that all people would have access to what is needed. And Father, we pray for our own land and we thank you for the case numbers dropping, but we pray that you would give wisdom to the government and patience for the people, that we would get the timings right as things continue to, we pray, open up. But Lord, help us to be wise, help us to be patient. And Father, we pray for your continued protection over our nation. Father, we pray for those closer to home to us who we know who are unwell, who are ill, who are in hospital at this time. We pray that you would have your hand of healing upon each one of them. Bless them with the nursing staff and doctors that they're surrounded by. And Lord, may they know your presence close to them. Father, particularly today, we want to pray for those who are suffering long-term conditions or terminal diagnosis. Father God, for most of us, we can't begin to imagine what it's like to live with such things. And God, we pray for your courage, your peace, your blessing over each person. And we pray for their families today too. We pray for the carers. We pray for the families caught up in heartache and pray that they might have your courage and a sense of peace and the patience and strength that they need to continue to care and continue to meet the needs of those who are in such need, whether they're caring for children or adults or the elderly. And Father, we pray for those members of our fellowship and our friends and family that we know, our neighbours, who are older and who are starting to struggle. Lord, it's such a difficult time in life at times. And Father God, we pray 
that you'd make us a blessing to them. We pray that they'd have the courage to deal with the changes that they're facing. And Lord, we pray that they might know your peace and your presence in their lives. And in that sense, Father, our mind then is taken to Parkside, our own home, up the road. And we pray your blessing on every single uh, person living in that home. We pray that it would continue to be a home filled with love and joy and fellowship. That they would feel united as a family up there. Lord, bless them. We thank you so much for protecting them during this past year and a half. And Father, we pray your hand of blessing and protection would continue over them. And Lord, we finally, we come to ourselves. Thank you that we're meeting together here today. Thank you for our friends, our family who surround us. Thank you for those who are new to this fellowship. And we pray that even though it's hard to get to know each other at the moment, we pray that they might feel welcome and that they might know the love that this fellowship offers to everyone. Father God, we pray that you'd unite us. And as we seek to move forward away from this virus, Lord, we pray that you would direct all that we do within this fellowship to serve you, to make the most of every single day that our worship would be worship to you, our lives would be lived as worship. And so God, we just thank you that we're here together today. And we pray that you might speak into our hearts and lives through your word and through the worship. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Haley. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Just to give you, let's do one. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I'm back. So um, just to give you a couple of updates of what is going on at the moment. You'll see that if you are a church member, we have got a church AGM actually on the 30th of June, and part of that um, contains a deacon's election. Therefore, you should have received a letter by now. If you've not got it, it should be coming within this next week or so, and it details um, how to do the nomination process. Like most things this year, we've had to change it slightly because of this COVID world. So. The information is on the letter, and there's also um, a link on the notice sheet which tells you how to access the information on the website if you want to read it on there. The deadline is the 13th of June. I know that's still some time away, but um, it's a really important decision, so please do take some time now praying about it and um, seeking where you feel God is leading you in that. We have got Pentecost coming up in a few weeks' time, and we would like to celebrate um, the diverse community that we have here at RBC. So if you'd like to, could you please email Vicky her details on the notice sheet of your name, um, your national and cultural heritage, 
your mother tongue, and we'd like to include that. Now, even if you think I've been part of RBC quite a while, they already know this, please still send the information in because we need to collate it all, and it'd be really great if we could celebrate on that day in that specific way. If you'd like to join us for our services, it's great. We've, we're nearly full, actually. Like I'm upstairs um, during the service, and we're nearly full up there as well. It's great to see so many people. If you would like to book, you can come to our Wednesday lunchtime service at 12.45, and you can also be a part of our 10.30 service on a Sunday you can book in. Please also note, we have also on different Sundays, we have youth church today, so our youth will be going out with Hannah shortly. So if you've got a young person, please do when you book yourselves in, if it's youth church that week, please do indicate so that we know how many numbers. Next week, it's creative church with Hannah. Should you give me a nod? Yeah, it's creative church next week, um, where the parents and the children of those in the primary school age will go out with Hannah halfway through the service, and they have some time together. So if you're booking in, and you're booking in your young people or your children, please do indicate what you'd like them to be a part of, just so that we can work out numbers at the moment. Unfortunately, in this day of world, we have technology, and sometimes technology can be used in not a good way. You'll see on the notice sheet, there's been quite a lot of scams going on at the moment, um, and people are trying to um, harm our good nature as Christians. So if you get an email that you think seems suspicious that the church have sent it, if you're in any doubt, please don't reply to that email. Call the church office and speak to someone here, and we can clarify whether or not it is true. And finally, probably going to be my highlight of the week, we are starting a new course on Wednesday evening. Um, we did the prayer course last year, and it was probably my, one of my favourite parts of last year, doing the prayer course. And we are this Wednesday doing the follow-on to the prayer course called The Unanswered Prayer, and the um, book that accompanies it is called God on Mute. And it's about finding out about why we struggle with prayer when God doesn't answer it. Please do join us. It's at 745 via Zoom. If you would like to take part, if you could drop the church an email just this week leading up to Wednesday, because for those of you who have been part of the groups over the last year, you know that we break into Zoom groups. Um, so it just helps beforehand for Ian and Vicky to allocate the groups before we all join on Wednesday evening. So please do come a part of this group and hopefully I'll see some of you online on Wednesday evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Hayley. We're going to say thanks to God for um, the offerings that you've so kindly continued to give over this time. And as we do so, we're going to pray for our young people as they go out. So let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your blessings to us. Thank you that Hayley's notices are getting longer because more is happening. And Father God, we just... Thank you for bringing us through. Lord, thank you for every single person who has continued to be able to give to the ministry of this fellowship and to the wider fellowship. And Father God, we just pray that as those gifts are uh, offered to you today, we pray that they'd continue to be used well and wisely in your name. Father, we thank you for Hannah and her team and for the young people. And as they go out to their own group this morning, we pray for your anointing upon them. We pray that for them and for ourselves, as we listen to God's word, that you would speak to us. 
Meet with each one of us, regardless of age, that we might know you today. Bless them, anoint them, and Lord, just we pray, meet with all of us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our young people are now going to go out with Hannah and Graybar. Thank you both. And as they go out, Daniel is going to come and read to us from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Thank you, Daniel. The Bible reading is John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8, the vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, allowing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. As we come now to listen to God's word, we're going to listen to a song which is a prayer it's a song you know so feel free to join in as you wish but make it a prayer it's sung by a little boy who has autism who is blind who was adopted um, into uh, a new family and it's it's really special it's really touching but it's not about the boy it's about the prayer and something that I was sharing this with my daughter this morning about this special song. And uh, she said to me, has God healed him yet? For those of you who might not know my daughter, she has a disability too. And we read in the Bible all these miracles that Jesus did of touching the blind man and making him see, of healing the lame and making them dance. God doesn't always answer our prayers, does he? And this morning, as I look around here even, I know so many people carry unanswered prayers, prayers that have been prayed. God doesn't always answer how we want him to. I really encourage you to join this course on Wednesday. I think it's going to be really powerful, quite hard at times probably, probably some things that we just can't answer. But our God is good. And that was the other thing my daughter said to me this morning, that God is able. We might not see him, mummy, but he's able to do these things. 
And this little boy is singing, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. He's, a, he's blind, and he's standing there singing this beautiful prayer. So let's stop in our worship and, well, continue in our worship and really use this as a prayer. And maybe if there's things that are in your heart and your mind that you would, you've often brought to God, but you've not seen that answer, let's bring them to him again this morning as we prepare our hearts to hear his word because he is all-powerful. He is here and he is able. Let's use this as a prayer. Holy, holy, holy Lord, we want to see you. We want to see you, Lord. And as we open the scriptures, Lord, this morning, may we see you. Lord, as we wrestle with what you're saying to us, Lord, may we be open to your Spirit's power. Lord, come close to us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Wasn't that special? We make so many excuses why we don't engage with God. Yet the open heart, the open spirit enables us to meet with him face to face. And in our challenge today, as we look at the ascension story again, the question is, Lord, what are you saying to us today? Lord, what do you want to say to us? Have you ever been in one of those a great event and you've looked forward to it for months and months and months and then you get to the end of the day and you think, well, that's now over. Maybe it was a wedding or a special party and you planned for it for months and months and months and you get to the end of the day and you sort of think, what am I going to do now? All my energy has been to make this happen. What am I going to do now? What's next? And in a way, in Acts chapter 1, we have that same question. The what's next? The disciples, they had been through the roller coaster. It's been, it was more frightening than Blackpool because they had the highs, they had the lows. They had the highs of seeing Jesus heal to feed thousands. They'd seen him rise people from the dead it had been that highs and then there'd been the lows when they didn't understand Jesus when they'd been caught in a storm and didn't understand the power of the spirit there'd been the lows it said seen their saviour nailed to a cross it had been lows but then they had another high on top of the roller coaster as he rose again. And yes, they saw him physically alive. It's okay now. Can you imagine their emotions? And now he had said the final words, and he disappeared from their sights. And they kept their eyes. Upon the cloud. What's next? 
I don't understand what's next. Lord, today, in this message, open the eyes of our hearts. Because it's a great temptation when it's all over to go back as if nothing had ever happened. But they had had an instruction, a clear instruction. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Oh, we hate waiting, don't we? We hate waiting. We want everything now. We're waiting till we can sing again. And we just imagine that actually nothing proper can happen until we sing again. Yet we can worship. Yet we can truly worship God. And we have been worshipping God this morning. Let's not get into our minds that the only way we can worship God is through song. Yes, it's frustrating. There's so many of us who can't wait till we can raise an hallelujah again. But we can worship. It's not waiting for the government to say you can sing to when we can worship again. We've been worshipping this morning. And I want us to say on this Ascension Day, Ascension Sunday, Ascension Day was Thursday, as we look at the what next, the first thing we need to do is to keep our eyes on God. Keep our eyes on God. On that first Ascension Day, they kept their eyes on a cloud. But they were told by the messenger, he will come again in the same way you saw him go, but go and get the gift that God has given to you in Jerusalem, and we'll look at the Pentecost occasions next Sunday. But we can keep our eyes focused on God. You see, it's so easy to be distracted, isn't it? It's easy to be distracted by the busyness of life and the rules of life. Oh, the rules. But in the midst of it all, we are challenged to keep our eyes on God. And we can blame our circumstances for our running away and our loss of faith. That's an excuse. The call of God upon his disciples, upon his followers, is to keep our eyes on him. There are so many old hymns we could mention right now, couldn't we? The one that just comes to my mind is, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. And there's so much truth in that. Whilst we have been looking at the things of earth, the frustrations around us, while we have concentrated on our problems and the things that are going wrong for us and our nation and our world, we have taken our eyes off God. Turn your eyes back to God. You see... The discovery of the things of God is found when we look at God and focus our minds on him. 
And so the first thing is to keep our eyes on God. But the second thing is to look for his guidance at all times. We know so much of what's going to happen, don't we? We are a fortunate people because we have the end of the story. We know the final chapter. We know that God has the victory because it is written in the Bible. And that's worth getting excited about. Not sure anybody is getting excited today. It's worth getting excited about because Jesus will come again. We know, and yes, it is true, Christ will return and God will make everything new. I was chatting to my dad yesterday and he was complaining about his legs and his body. And we were talking about, do you know what, one day, Dad, your legs and body aren't going to bother you anymore because you can have a new one. And he says, yeah, I can't wait. And to which I had to say, well, Dad, not yet. (laughs) But one day our bodies are going to disturb us no more. One day that little boy is going to see. One day he's going to run. And one day he's going to be worshipping Jesus as every one of us. But you know, in the right now, his worship is every bit as real, if not more real, than yours or mine. Those who trust in Jesus Christ will have new life, will have hope. So knowing that, it's important that we part the facts of what's going on around us and live a life that God wants us to leave. Doing what he calls us to do. Going where he calls us to go. Going to the Jerusalem, the Judea, the Samaria, the ends of the earth. And being filled with his power and being his witnesses. This is what God's guidance on your life is right now. This is what God has called you to be and do right now. That little skit that uh, Jan and I did, and you could tell how well it was rehearsed, couldn't you? We had three lines each and we made it up as we went along. But it's absolutely true, this could be the last time we meet in this way. This could be the last opportunity we have to worship in some way before Jesus comes again. Or we could be here for the next 50 years, 100 years. We just do not know. But what we do know is what he has called us to be and do. And so it's important that we turn our eyes on him. And we seek his direction for our lives. Let's be honest though. God's direction is not always our choice of direction. God does not always lead us in the way we would personally choose to go. Maybe you've had that debate with God. Lord, I thought I was going to follow you this way and it's going to be happiness. And God says, no, I've got a greater calling for you and it's going to be tough. And sometimes the calling of God is tough and not the one that you would write. It's not the one you would write, if I had my dream, I would. 
but it's what God calls you to do. God's direction is not always the direction we would choose to go. This is true for Vicky and I. We would never have come to Rumford based upon our ambitions and our desires. I've always said through ministry, I've seen those ministers who get called to the lovely seaside places, the wonderful places, and you think, why have they been called there and I've been called here? And one friend of mine was called to a lovely riverside place in the Welsh-English borders. Then he was called to Yorkshire, into a lovely Yorkshire town. And I was called to Mexborough. Now, those of you who don't need, know Mexborough, Vicky and I spent six wonderful years there, just at the end of the miners' strike, just as all the pits had been closed. It was interesting. <laughs> but Jot, I would rather be in God's will in the toughest of places than be outside of God's will in paradise. Because being in God's will, you've got God's resources and God's support and God's help. And you will see amazing things happen as you let God use you in amazing ways. And I want to say to you, where you have been putting the problems before God, you can't use me until this sorts itself out or that sorts itself out. Forget it. Just say, God, use me where I am. God, use me where I am. Yes, at times you will question the core. Yes, at times it will be tough. Yes, at times you'll fancy giving up. Yes, at times you'll want to run. And so many biblical characters did that, didn't they? But God brings them back and uses them for his glory. There'll be times when you're serving God when you'll get no end of criticism for what you are doing. There'll be times when people want to hurt you and abuse you. There'll be times when people want to reject you. But God must be followed, even in the darkest of times. God's direction is sovereign. And despite the difficulties, God's call to stay or go is the only voice we should listen to. Anything else is second best and not be fruitful. And so in the midst of storm, in the midst of the chaos, listen to the voice that is more powerful than the storm and who you are choosing to follow. In Acts chapter 1, the journey down the mountain, the conversation there must have been really strange amongst the disciples, mustn't it? What happened there? What is it we're going to go and find in Jerusalem? Should we just call off at this place on the way? Do we really need to go and wait? Why couldn't he give it us now? You can imagine the conversation, couldn't you? Why does God do things in the way God does things?
But that journey down the mountain was also a moment of choice. Do we turn right to Jerusalem or left back to our own life, our old life? Do we go on to what God has called us to or do we go back to what we know and is familiar? There's a question, isn't it? It's the familiar feels safe. The familiar feels like we can control it. The familiar is something we want to go to because it's not frightening. There's security within the familiar. And those disciples going down that mountain would have been faced with that option within their mind. Right to Jerusalem in the unknown. Left to the familiar and the known. Right to the risk. Left to the no risk. And maybe right now we are coming down a mountain and as we see things starting to open up and going into back to some kind of new normality, Lord, we pray. The question is, do we just go to the familiar or to the new? As a church, we face that question. As individuals, we face that question. And we know our commission, our commission to make Jesus known, and we know the power that comes from the Holy Spirit. But we have the choice, right to Jerusalem, left to the familiar. Right to the new, left to the what's comfortable. And so, keep your eyes on God and seek his direction. The third thing I want to say is prepare your heart. Can you imagine 10 days of waiting? From Ascension's day to Pentecost is about 10 days. Can you imagine the conversations amongst the disciples? Why are we here? Why have we got to, what's going to happen? Anybody know? Check your emails. Was there any clues in it? Was there any clues in anything Jesus said? Why are we waiting? They might have even burst into the song. Why are we waiting? We want to get on. But they spent that time in prayer. In preparation. They were anticipating something to come from God, so they were in communication with God. And throughout Scripture, there's so many points of waiting for the moment where God is going to move. And right now, we may be in one of those waiting moments where God is going to move. The most obvious, clear picture of this in Scripture is from Joshua chapter 3. That verse we know quite well, where God tells Joshua, and Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves, because tomorrow God is going to do amazing things through you.
Ascension Day was the turning point. You see, the disciples had spent three years on this Blackpool roller coaster of emotions, of seeing God working in one way and another. But it was all focused upon this man, Jesus. God become flesh and living among us. And it's so much easier to follow a person, isn't it? However, today we know that following people is not necessarily good because people seem to become corrupt once they get a following. But Ascension Day was get ready for God's Holy Spirit to come. God's power being worked out in us. And so today I sense God's call upon Romford Baptist Church on every person at home, every person in this building. Get ready, prepare our hearts for the next step that God has in plan. What's it mean to get ready? Well, maybe you're going to spend this week praying through Psalm 139. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the path everlasting. But preparing ourselves is also making space for God. Often we're so full of self and our self thoughts and our views of how good we are that there's no room for God. And so preparing ourselves may be a clear out to make room for God. In John chapter 20, we have that passage where Jesus appeared among his disciples and he stood on them and he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And part of our preparation may be just breathing in God's Spirit. I call us as a church to see that we're in a time of preparation. But also that time of preparation is being shaped by God. On Monday, we had a leadership meeting, and uh, I underline everything we, uh, Haley said about uh, needing to really take seriously who is God calling to be on our leadership team. Please do really seriously pray about that because it's important that God's people are there. And open your minds that if God leads somebody to talk to you about it, pray about it. Don't dismiss it, say I'm not good enough or anything like that. Deeply pray about God's leading. But that aside, as we began our worship or our meeting on Monday evening, I read from John's Gospel and John 15, the vine and the branches. And as we reflected on that, I was saying that, you know what? The reason the gardener comes to prune the vine 
is that it would be more fruitful. And maybe God has been doing a work of pruning and may God be God is still doing work of pruning to make us more fruitful. I've said before that my gardening knowledge is not that great, but what I do know is that pruning off dead allows life to come on the good and the fruit to be shown. Those who love Formula One racing knows that the car is made as light as possible. The aerodynamics is made as clean as possible. So there is no resistance to that car reaching its full potential speed. An Olympic swimmer, they, cut, they even cut their hair off or put tight head gear on to cut down the drag within the water so that they can reach their full potential. And in the same way, Jesus prunes us. So there are things that are holding us back from being and reaching our full potential. And God says to us at RBC, be pruned, focus, bear fruit. And so... As I draw towards a conclusion and praise God, they say, I want to just say two more things. The firstly is leave your baggage behind. Leave your baggage behind. We like to celebrate what we have been through. We like to celebrate our wounds and everything. But there comes a time when we need to leave them behind. Because they're holding us back. If you want to be travel, you need to travel light. And it, although we could say, hey, would it be good if RBC in 2021, at the end of 2021, it's just like RBC was at the end of 2019. I think we've missed the point. God is going to do something amazing and new, but we've got to leave the baggage of what we loved previously to see what God will do in the future. It's going to be different. But God has a plan. We need to hear God's plan. Baggage and things that divert us need to be put down and left behind so that we, and this is my final point, can travel obediently. Remember that coming down the mountain, turn right for Jerusalem, left for home. Right to the risky and the unknown, left to the familiar and the safe. If we are going to see what God has planned for us, it's going to be a turn right and get ready for something that's even bigger than the Blackpool roller coaster. Something that is scarier than the most scary thing you can think of. But seeing God unpack something within us that would rin 
people for Christ who don't know Christ. We'll see lives turn the right way up and see God doing incredible things. You see, God has plans and he's looking for his people to get involved. There may be churches to plant people to preach to, healings to do on the street, and powers to be overcome through the casting out of demons. There may be letters to write and troubles to deal with, but now God calls you and me, RBC, to go, to get ready, and as we get ready, to make choices to follow him and see where he would lead us. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see Jesus high and lifted up. Let's get ready. Let's get ready. I've asked Shade to come and lead us in prayer. And just before she does, we're going to just listen to a song. Thank you, Shade. If you make your way forward, Jan has a microphone for you. But as we do, just uh, listen to this song. Uh, Purify my heart. And let's do it as a prayer. Our Father and our God, even as we have heard today, we pray, Lord, that you open the eyes of our heart, Lord. We want to see you, Lord. We want to see your glory. We want to see your power. We want to see the raw manifestation of your power in this end time, O oh Lord. Even as we have heard today, Lord, that are we prepared? Are we prepared for the return, for your return, O oh Lord? Lord, we pray the grace to prepare, Lord, grant unto us. The grace to be fully ready. The grace to occupy till you come. We do not want to sit on our gifts, O oh Lord. We want to be, O oh God, reach out, O oh God, to the nations of the world before you come back. We pray, Father, for your direction. We pray, Lord God Almighty, that our eyes and our minds will be focused on you, O oh Lord. Lord God Almighty, that there will be no distraction, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, to look, O oh God, for your guidance. We pray that, Lord, will we, Father, Lord God Almighty, for the direction, O oh God, to do that which you have, O oh God, us to do, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Help us, Almighty God. Purify our hearts, O oh God. Help us to be fully prepared for your coming in the mighty name of Jesus. This we pray for, Lord, with thanksgiving, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Shadi, for leading our prayer. And our last hymn reminds us that our hope is in Christ. We'll stand, we'll raise our arms if you feel able to. In Christ alone, my hope is found. In the power of Christ, we stand. Here in the power of the Spirit, we go. To do that which he called us to. To Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, to Havering, to Romford, to wherever you live. To your workplace. That we can be witnesses for him. To God be the glory.
And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen.